Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews. Coming at you online and in print format at nicktiffany.com, in audio format wherever you get your podcasts, and in video on YouTube. Today we're talking another Hulu original streaming now from 20th Century Fox, No One Can Save You. This is the second film it feels like that uh, Hulu's put out in the last couple years that's really gained a lot of momentum both in the film world and just what I've seen online. A lot of people clamoring, saying, hey, this is something I think they maybe should have put in theaters. You know, love the love to have the streaming option, but maybe you should have gone theatrical. I certainly felt that way when they did Prey last year, which is kind of the Predator series prequel-ish deal, kind of took place in the early 1700s with the Comanche natives and telling this, you know, predator versus predator story out there. It was really awesome. Amazing movie. Kind of gave you the option to, at one point, to have the Comanche speaking in subtitles, which I thought kind of even made it better. Real immersive kind of experience for the story they were telling. That film, totally believe that should have been in theaters. And it finally just got a physical release um, on 4K, which is awesome because a lot of times these movies that come out on streaming never really see any physical DVDs. It's got to be something that's either widely popular or, you know, something attached to Marvel or whatever. You know, they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll do a Loki DVD. You know, it took a while to get some of the Westworld DVDs. And there's certain things where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that show got canceled. So I don't know if we're going to do DVDs for this. So some of it's all up in the air, but with No One Can Save You, a film that I've really struggled to remember the name of, too. Like, for a straight week when I was looking this up, I'm like, what do I need to watch and review? I could not remember the name, and I just had to keep looking up. I'm like, Caitlin Deaver's the main actress. That's all I know. And so the name is finally sticking a little bit, but No One Can Save You, I think works just perfectly as a streaming movie, and I'll tell you why. This is one of those movies that's kind of the solo, uh, you know, there are other characters in the film other than Caitlin Deaver's Bryn, but by and large, she is the main focus. She's the only character we're really spending any time with. She also doesn't speak a lot. So this is one of those sort of survivalist movies where it's just your main character. Obviously, the only thing they're really going to be saying to themselves is like, damn it, like, ah, no, or like grunts and screams and just horrified cries and just whatever else, you know? I mean, you might do a little talking to yourself, but this isn't one of those movies where it's Ryan Reynolds buried alive and, you know, he's talking to you the whole time. There's very little dialogue in this movie, if any at all. So because of that, you know, the, the filmmakers get crafty and there's a good way to kind of tell stories through your eyes, through the looks that you give and reactions to certain scenes you utilize music to either kind of fill in some gaps with the lyrics or to kind of build this atmospheric tension that uh, horror movies effectively use pretty well. So this is one of those tales. And Bryn lives out by herself, kind of, you know, young, maybe early 30s, late 20s. You know, you kind of get the feeling it's her mom's house because she goes and visits her mother's grave. She also kind of looks through some old photos of a, a younger friend she had who's no longer with us. She kind of still writes some letters to. She doesn't leave the house much, but when she does, you get this weird feeling she doesn't like being in this town, and a lot of people kind of give her weird looks. She gives them weird looks. You're not really certain what's going on. 
So she comes home, whatever. Everything's fine. Lays down in bed. And that's that. And out of nowhere, a massive power surge. All the lights in the house come on. Every TV is playing. Every speaker is playing some song. And then it all goes off again. And, you know, you kind of go through the cycle of on and off and what the heck's going on. And then a weird freaking blue light starts shining in. What's out there? You know, she starts hearing weird noises outside, rummaging around the garbage can. You know, I'm sure it's probably an animal. Or is it? So Bryn starts kind of silently moving through her house, looking around. And when she gets to the top of the stairs, she notices her front door is open. And that's obviously the last thing anybody wants to see when they're in their home, especially a young woman who lives alone. It's got to be horrifying. And she can hear someone rummaging around down there. Someone or something. Because as Bryn starts snooping around, she realizes, well, there's a figure down there, all right, but it looks a lot closer to what we imagine extraterrestrials might look like. A very classic, you know, I almost said, I'm like, this guy kind of looks like Paul from the movie Paul, where Seth Rogen played the alien. You know, there's no like, <laughs> no, there's no, there's none of that. Like, hey, can I come in your house, man? Like, no, these are like, this is a creepy little alien guy. And he's got like bony little fingers. And every time this creature kind of moves a joint, like you get all the little cracks and movements. And it's like, oh, that's kind of creepy. So obviously Bren's like, I can't go downstairs, but I also don't need this thing finding me. And this kind of starts what is probably the longest evening or evenings of her life as she learns that number one, yeah, they're aliens, but number two, they're trying to get in my house and there's not a lot to fight back with. And I'll leave it at that. No one can save you. Home invasion, alien thriller, not a lot of dialogue, but tons of movie atmospheric music. I enjoyed this. I was watching it with headphones, which I kind of think helped a lot just with that music side of creating this spooky atmosphere. Um, I think Caitlin Deaver's great. She's been a terrific actress, probably seen her book smart. I think like men, women and children was probably like the first thing I saw her in um, acting back with like Adam Sandler and some of them. But I just like, you know, she's a very real actress She's very great at effectively portraying her emotions. So having her not speaking a ton wasn't totally detrimental to this film because I think she emotes pretty well. And you can kind of feel a lot of what she's feeling in some of these tenser moments or sad moments. Um, I think why this succeeds at home, perhaps, if you watch this in a dark environment, if you do what I, you know, you got headphones on like I am, the aliens are effective, creepy looking sometimes, you know, and how they move, maybe your little movements or whatever. But it feels like they kind of hit a wall maybe with the production design in terms of like what they're able to do or just how detailed maybe they look. You know, I've seen some people liken maybe some of the alien stuff to the movie Signs that M. Night Shyamalan did. And I'm like, I could kind of see some of that. You know, there's a lot of moving in the shadows, keeping them just out of like full plain view playing with silhouettes in the behind the curtain stuff like that and getting creative so it's like you know you don't have to show it and spend a ton of money maybe on that shot which i get um but 
I feel like this movie is like three quarters of just like really solid effort all around in terms of what they were going for and creating. I think towards the end, you know, they really start taking some creative and artistic liberties with the story and then really kind of filling in some of the background for our character who doesn't speak and whose memories we kind of see bits of. And then the aliens kind of like, you know, there's different aliens kind of, I'm not, you know, I'm not totally giving away anything here, but it's just like, you know, it goes in some interesting directions where you're like, ah, I didn't know that's the the direction we were headed, but okay. Um, so by and large, I, I enjoyed this. It was, it was a good, you know, it wasn't too spooky. It wasn't really thriller ish kind of like we were hoping, you know, like when you hear home invasion, I don't want to assume the worst or that it's going to be something awful, but you know, I'm like, all right, it's probably going to be pretty terrifying, especially with aliens. You know, I was hoping maybe for a little bit more. Um, but I think at home, this probably will play a little bit better than it might've in the theater. Just as you know, as someone who complained about how the effects looked in the flash, a 300 some million dollar movie, you know, by and large, all your flaws are exposed on the big screen. So maybe this kind of benefits from not having some of those holes poked there, but it's pretty enjoyable. It certainly gives you some to think about in terms of aliens and, you know, conventional aliens and what they might be here for, how you could interact with them or how, you know, do they have powers? Are they flying in on spaceships? What are we talking here? So there's some interesting choices that they make, uh, some old school alien design stuff that they use well, fused with some new. Uh, I don't really want to talk too much more about it because it's hard not to spoil some of it, but it's on Hulu. I'm glad that they're, you know, just continually working on putting some interesting projects out there. Um, you know, if you haven't seen Prey, use your Hulu membership properly and watch Prey. Um, and then and then give uh, No One Can Save You a shot. You know, I think it's it's just enjoyable enough. It's almost there to being pretty darn good, but but uh, but again, not a not a bad way to spend the evening, especially as far as the streaming option goes. If you've already got Hulu, why not? You know, it's still better than a lot of the original Netflix movies that are out there. You know, so if you need something a little moody, atmospheric, and alien-like, this could be your good night. As always, stay tuned to NT Movie Reviews on all social media networks, podcast platforms, and on YouTube. For all of our latest movie news and reviews, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more coming. The month of October is pretty much just spooky movies. I'm good with some spook. I don't do a lot of like the super gory stuff, so you probably won't see me on here talking about Saw 10 or some of the harder R graphic horror. I'm definitely more into that psychological horror thriller type genre. A lot more of like the, you know, sometimes it's scarier if you got to fill it in with your mind sometimes, or it's like more effective rather than showing the gore. You're like, oh, but you can imagine what happens to this guy. And you're like, no, it's worse in my mind. But there's tons of great independent films that are kind of finally leaving the festival circuits and hitting video on demand, streaming options and limited kind of market options so i'm kind of stoked there might be like one or two movies here in the next couple weeks that in seattle we've got a lot of classic movie theaters where a lot of the film critic screenings are held or you've got a lot of your major films that'll hit those markets and then you've got your smaller you know dare i say independent 
films, your landmark theaters, uh, ones that have been integral in Seattle for decades that are just super cool looking. Haven't been to a lot of those in a while. So I think I'll have an opportunity here in the next couple of weeks to go take in a, a few different films in some of those more uh, historic Seattle film venues. So I'm stoked for that. Thanks again, as always, for listening, you guys. And we'll catch you next time.